You are listening to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski. Glad to be talking Colgate men's basketball. First time men's basketball has been featured on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Glad to have Colgate men's basketball coach Matt Langle on the show. And certainly no stranger to the podcast format as you have your own show, Coach, shooting it with Matt Langle. How has that been going? It's been dormant, Eric. I appreciate you uh, bringing it up. I just on the on the list of priorities that uh, it's something that was enjoyable for me to be able to talk to uh, a variety of guests in the sports world and in the Colgate world uh, over the number of uh, weeks that we were able to do it. But I haven't been able to get in the studio and find time to keep that going. But you know, the great thing about podcasts is there's not a specific timetable. So. Uh, maybe in the future we'll get back to it. You had quite a guest list as well, Coach. Were you your own producer? I did book the talent. I've been fortunate enough to come across a lot of talented people in the athletic world uh, and the media world over the years. I also was fortunate enough to be able to use the Colgate studio and have some of their assistance in executing the operation. I'm speaking to Rapalus Ivanowskis a little later on in this podcast, Coach. Tell us the story of how rap is now a Colgate Raider. It's a long story. I think the best way to talk about it is, you know, clearly recruiting transfers is something that has been uh, significant to building our program here. So we're always looking for guys who have made the decision to go elsewhere. As Rapless made his decision with the people there at Northwestern, it so happens that uh, Chris Collins, he was one of those podcast guests uh, that you mentioned, uh, is a longtime family friend and a close personal friend as he was working with Rapless to try and find you know, a spot that would fill what Rapless was looking for, an opportunity to play, a chance to not sacrifice the academic institution, uh, that uh, the prowess of that academic opportunity and what a degree can uh, translate to for the rest of your life. Chris thought of us at Colgate. Uh, obviously, he knows Rapless as a, as a person very well and, and also as a player. And so that's kind of how the ball got started uh, rolling. I, I think that uh, you know, Rap was able to come and visit and uh, get to know our guys a little bit and our coaching staff. Um, you know, we shared with him uh, what the plan would be for him to continue to improve as a player and how he might be able to help us immediately. One of the things that that Rap was interested in was, um, you know, trying to uh, pursue because of his situation at Northwestern, the fact that he had had two shoulder surgeries that had limited his opportunity to play, uh, to pursue a uh, waiver for immediate eligibility. Um, that was something. That that our athletic administration and uh, compliance uh, director at the time, Torian Houston, uh, did a lot of research on, and uh, we were able to present a plan that you know we thought would give give Rapless the best chance to get that immediate eligibility. So, at the end of the day, we were very fortunate that he felt like this would be a good place to continue as a student and as an athlete. We didn't find out the details, but you know he joined us in August when he knew he was going to make his decision for some of the workouts. He's still working his way back from injury uh, and then started school in the, in the fall and uh, kind of the rest is history. Tell us about the recruiting process as far as transfers are concerned compared to recruiting a kid out of a high school or prep school. Yeah, I think what we found, I mean, everybody's recruitment is different. Uh, every individual has their own thoughts and their own plan. And, you know, I think we're very sensitive to, you know, trying to recruit an individual as opposed to, you know, put them in, in some sort of a box as a sophomore in high school or a junior recruit or a transfer recruit. Uh, you know, we're trying to recruit the individual. But transfers, they have the 
experience of having been recruited before. And then their timetable is going to be much more sped up than a high school prospects situation. So I think what we found is uh, you can kind of cut through all the chase and they know what they're looking for and the things that are most important to them that maybe weren't um, most important to them in their first go round. So um, you can kind of deal with things in a little bit more of an expedited uh, situation. And, um, you know, they have to get that decision right. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're going through it the first time, there's, you know, you can change your mind or change your decision and you always have the chance to transfer. But, you know, when you're transferring, you're typically going to have to sit out. Um, and so you've got to be sure about what you're looking for. So I think we found that um, prospects kind of cut through a lot of the nonsense and uh, they just do want to kind of deal with the meat and potatoes and what the opportunity is going to be and what the studies are like and um, how they're going to be coached and, and, and who they're their teammates are and those kind of things that um, you know that we very much value in the recruiting process. Tucker Richardson's seen a good amount of time as a freshman coach. What skill set does he possess to not only be able to play right away, but to be able to provide a positive impact right away? The best thing about Tucker is he's a little bit of a throwback basketball player. He does a lot of things very well. Um, he just has a good feel for the game. He's a student of the game. Uh, he's always listening, always learning. And, um, you know, with some of the guys that we have, you know, Will Raymond has established himself as a as a scorer and a, and a kind of a lead role. And Jordan Burns has, has done that in early in his career. And, you know, Rapless did that from day one with his size and athletic ability and skill set. And um, Tucker, I think he complements all of those guys in a variety of different ways. Uh, he's got really good size for a perimeter player that's got a good feel uh, for the game. Um, you know, as a, as a freshman at every bit of six foot five inches to have, you know, 28 assists on the team is second to just 18 turnovers. He's got, you know, by far and away the the best assist to turnover ratio, I, I think, on the team. And, uh, you know, he rebounds really well from the guard position. You know, he's shooting a good field goal percentage, although, you know, coming in, to be honest with you, the way the pre-summer workouts and preseason workouts went, I thought his best attribute was going to be his three-point shooting. And so, um, you know, while he has attempted a number of them, he's only shooting, you know, in the low 30%. I think that will continue to progress over the course of his career. So he's just a really solid player that fits in well with, with the other guys on the team, and, it, and it's made it very difficult to take him off the court, to be honest with you. The interaction I've had with Francisco Amiel, he seems like a great kid, Coach, comes up to me before the NJIT game and says parents will be listening despite the five-hour time difference back in Portugal. So saying that, Coach, it was great to see him come up clutch against Columbia. Yeah, well, we, we talked after the game. You know, in our, in our victories, we give an award. It's it's our ace of spade award, our, our calling card, so to speak. It might be the leading scorer, but it also might be a guy who just made a couple key plays or played great defense or whatever. And he was in that Columbia game, certainly our, our ace of spade. I, I think the critical three-point shot that he hit to give us what was ultimately the, the last lead of the game and then the steal and save he made on the baseline. Um, but we talk often about how the, the game rewards the deserving, and uh, and Francisco certainly is deserving. Uh, he's been through some hardships 
at home, and he's uh, he's really stuck to uh, his commitment to Colgate and his commitment to his team. And he comes from a, a terrific family, loving parents uh, that have supported him every step of the way. He got the most votes as a captain uh, in his senior year. I think that just speaks to his character, like you mentioned, and his and his personality. And it's certainly fitting in that game when when we needed somebody to step up and make plays. He was able to do that for a squad. Jordan Burns leading the team right now, coach. 16.4 points per game. What improvements have you seen from Jordan as a sophomore compared to him as a freshman? He just has more game experience. He's been on the court. He's seen defenses. He's knows what it's taken. And he, and he worked hard in the offseason at his game. He's improved his left hand uh, significantly. His three-point shooting has, has improved. Um, and I think that the older you get and the more opportunity you get, your confidence grows. And I, I think that's what we've seen is, um, you know, he's a talented guy and he's playing with, um, you know, with second-year confidence, a guy who loads, loads a lot of minutes and, you know, uh, gets a chance to have the ball in his hands a lot. And, um, and hopefully that will continue to correlate into good play. Great battle against Penn State, Coach. For the listeners that missed it, tell us a little bit about that close loss to the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I'll start with the negative. I mean, we, we had had some success, and it was the last game of a, of a significant road trip for, you know, was, you know, we were here in Hamilton just a couple days over a 10-day stretch, uh, number of nights in Florida, one in New York City. We had got back to campus a couple times at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning and then made that last trip to uh, Happy Valley. Uh, we got off to a sluggish start. And, um, you know, maybe some of that was the travel. Maybe some of it was our, you know, lack of significant practice time. And we had kind of built some bad habits in in, in, in winning some games, which happens to teams on occasion. And, and we just we, – we really got – got down big. I mean, we were down 19 in the first half before we kind of started to recognize the identity of the game and what we were going to need to do and stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, the good part is, you know, to be on the road against a team that won the NIT last year and, you know, has had a couple close games in the Big Ten and beat the likes of Virginia Tech when they were nationally ranked, to be able to fight all the way back to, you know, have an open three-point shot with, you know, with Rapless, who's a pretty good three-point shooter, with you know three minutes left in the game to to, to tie it up, was you know a pretty good situation. Uh, we just weren't able to you know make the little plays. Uh, we had a couple turnovers, a couple missed opportunities, a couple forced shots, and and Penn State, to their credit, they made the free throws. They came up with a couple big defensive plays and offensive rebounds uh, that ultimately secured the win for them. Out of all the fantastic college basketball venues that you have visited as a player and now a coach, do you have a favorite or is there too many to list? I'm biased. I, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. There's so much history and tradition of uh, Philadelphia basketball with six Division One schools and, uh, you know, the Big Five and so many great players. And then, you know, on the campus uh, of the institution that I attended, University of Pennsylvania, there's this, you know, historic building that, you know, basketball fans from across the country will call the Cathedral of College Basketball in the Palestra. So I'm biased, but it's a throwback venue. It's, it's you know, old school. There's not a lot of bells and whistles, although Penn has continued to add um, to to the building and the, the lore and the history and tradition. There's a little bit of a museum that uh, is, is in the, in the building to show all the greats who have been through there. 
Um, so I, I'm biased, but I, I think that's my favorite. Obviously, Cameron Indoor is a special building in the environment. Uh, I had a chance to play at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, you know, the history and tradition and the environment there was was really exceptional. I, you know, I've been to uh, Rupp Arena. Um, so there's there's a lot of great ones out there, and you know, I think what you what you what you read and what you hear is is awesome. But just to get a chance to to when you love the game like we do to be able to go and visit these places and and hear the fans and you know all your senses are alert uh in that moment that the noises and the smells and um to see games and be a part of games um is really a special thing for for basketball people we are taping this interview on tuesday coach so i know still work has to be done as you guys prepare for the marist game but can you give us an early preview of the matchup with marist you know, it's a big game for us. I mean, you know, obviously we've, we've positioned ourselves fairly well here. Um, you know, we had a week, and the, the last week of, of of class is always a, a challenge uh, for us heading into exams. But hopefully we'll have had a couple of good practices to, you know, get back to being the best team that we can be. It's a, you know, we haven't been home uh, in a while, and, and, and we got off to a good start at home. So hopefully we can, you know, kind of secure that and, and and make sure we're doing a good job being at home, um, you know, heading into exam week. Um, they're an interesting mix of a team. They've got a number of veterans. Uh, they beat us last year there. We got down big in the first half and had to fight all the way back and, you know, just ran out a little bit of short. If you remember, Sean O'Brien threw in a half quarter like like tenth of a second after the buzzer sounded uh, or we would have stolen that one. So, um, you know, hopefully the returners will remember that game. Um, and But they've got a new coach and so they're playing a little bit different they're shooting the ball extremely well from the perimeter i think they're uh you know one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country at this point uh, they've got a lot of versatile guys some um you know six three six four six five six six guys and um you know i think they're solid you know across their roster there's not you know one dominant player uh, although in his senior season brian parker uh, has been a force as a six foot three kind of power point forward so to speak he's, he's shooting well for the perimeter he's, he's their best assist guy he's leading them in scoring so you know we'll we'll have to play well uh like we do most times and, and hopefully we can be really solid on the defensive end and back at home i think i went back far enough coach and i think i checked all the schedules since you have been at colgate and this is the biggest december break that you have had playing December 15th against Marist, and then not again until December 29th at Pittsburgh. Is this just how the schedule worked out this year, or was this purposeful? It is kind of how the the schedule worked out. Actually, you know, coming out of exams, we usually like to play a game there so we don't have that two-week break. And uh, this year out of exams, we're going to have a full Colgate versus Colgate exhibition. So, you know, we'll treat it like a game day on that Friday night. We'll uh, we'll put our game uniforms on, maroon versus white. Uh, we'll, we know we'll have it officiated and statted and scored and you know we'll do some you know probably pre-game preparation once the teams are picked and the assistants break them up you know kind of the type of thing you would do in the preseason because you know it is it, you do in basketball I think you know you know different than the hockeys who take a, a significant break you want to try and stay in rhythm so um, you know exams are hard and you'll have, we'll have to get through those and then hopefully we can you know get a good run in before we get four four days off and come back and, and start to work to get ready for you 
University of Pittsburgh after that. Is it tough to keep up with what's going on with other Patriot League teams and the non-conference schedule? Do you feel like you need to or the assistants need to, or is that something you just worry about really when it comes to conference competition? In the non-league schedule, you're always rooting for your, your peers. So, you, you know, you check the box scores and see what's going on. And then in, you know, like Marist, for example, played Lehigh early in the season. So some of the games you, you get to see, I've seen Holy Cross is playing really well and Lehigh is playing really well. Uh, some of them, because of common opponents, you, you get a chance to see them on film and, um, you know, maybe different than other non-league opponents where you're only watching one team. You are kind of checking out both teams to, to see what your league opponents are doing and, and how they're how they're having their success because I, I do think it's significant the amount of success the Patriot League teams are having, um, you know, against the likes of Atlantic 10 teams and, and – uh, and uh, CAA teams, and uh, I think uh, earlier in the week or the end of last week, we had a winning record overall, which um, when you're playing the number of, of guarantee games on the road that that our league is, is, is pretty significant. So I think the league is off to a really um, great start. You're happy for that, but you also, you also know that you know, come January and February, there's going to be a lot of dogfights. Coach, great having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I will see you for the Marist game. Thanks, Eric. That is Colgate men's basketball coach Matt Langle. Now it's time to talk to one of the star players for Colgate men's basketball, Rapless Ivanowskis. First of all, Rap, how was the atmosphere at Penn State? Uh, Penn State was great. I've been there a couple times before. They're in the Big Ten, and it's a, it's a big arena with with a good crowd. I have a lot of respect for their program, and they have a lot of uh, great players and just a lot. It's a great environment to play in. When is the last time you fouled out of a game? Oh, it's, it was a long time since I've played in a game. Uh, last time I fouled out of a game, I don't know, it was probably like my senior year of high school, maybe. I don't think I even did. I think I was pretty good about that. Maybe since like AAU in junior year. <laughs> been a long time how does your mindset change relating to how many fouls you have yeah so it definitely changes your your mindset um i think when you pick up one one foul or even two fouls in the first half you definitely try to be more careful or else you'll sit the rest of the half but especially because then you have three or four um you try to definitely be less aggressive and and just do go by the textbook of what like what it is to not follow someone Obviously, I didn't do that, um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I had a I fouled out that game. Now, when I went to North Dakota recently with a football team, you get off the plane in North Dakota and you still think you're in Hamilton, but I'm sure that wasn't the case, Rap, when you guys got off the plane from Hamilton to Florida. So, saying that, how did you like Florida in late November, early December? Uh, Florida was was great. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get both wins, but it was definitely great to be in a different environment, obviously one that was much warmer. It was a great experience, uh, great to play in two different arenas that were, that were pretty cool. Happy we beat Florida Gulf Coast, but a little disappointed we couldn't get the win in South Florida. How do you think you have played so far, and how do you think overall the team has played so far? I think we've played pretty cohesively so far because we're, we have a lot of new faces on the team, especially with our freshmen and, and, and with me on the team. It's definitely... The coaches have done a good job of, of having us glue together really well and, and play together really well. So we're happy with that. And I think we're only seeing, you know, like a, a fraction of what we could be. 
Um, if you were to look at our team first game of the year and look at where we are now defensively, especially, we've gotten a whole lot better. Um, I think it just comes with playing games and, and doing the right thing and, and practices consist- consistently. Personally, I think I've, I've, I've been doing I've been doing pretty well. There's a, a lot that I can, a lot that I'm learning, and a lot that I can do better on, and that just takes time of watching film with coaches and and going to the gym early and working what I need to do. But but for me, I just feel like um, for me, I just feel like I haven't played in so long. There's so much that I know I should be doing, but I, I, like I'm, I'm behind just because I don't have that game experience. So I think that they keep, keep playing on, it'll come back to me. Watching you interact with your Colgate teammates, it looks like you've been here already for a couple years. Why do you think it was so easy to mesh here so quickly? I think the guys are just great. Seriously, just great guys here. I think our our success that we've had in the court so far, like I said, as cohesive as we are, is because we have guys that are that really brought me in and brought me into their family, knew their roles and, and knew that they could uh that they could use me and I could use them to, to, to be a great team and um it just goes out to the guys and such 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 nice nice guys that really brought me in and really, you know, wanted to win with me and so it, it, it's just all the credit to them. How different was the recruiting process, Rapless? coming out of high school or, in your case, the prep school at Brewster Academy compared to being recruited as a transfer student? It's different in similar in many ways. Um, obviously, different schools. Personally, the difference for me is I know what to look for with recruiting. I think my out of high school, high school recruiting is, is, is really difficult for anyone. I mean, you're taking 17, 16, 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids who are – making the biggest decision of their life thus far. And at times they could even not have, you know, suitable people around them to help them make that decision. And luckily I did with my parents and um, obviously it didn't work out for me due to trauma, but I think this time around as I was choosing my schools, I was definitely better equipped for it to know what I need to look out for and, and know what to expect out of my new school. Did it help the transition, Rapolis, the fact that Northwestern obviously has a great academic reputation and Colgate the same academic reputation? That was uh, definitely an expectation I have for the new school I wanted to go to. I, mean, I, I didn't really consider a lot of schools that didn't have a high academic expectation. My mom definitely would have would have killed me if I didn't go to a really good school, you know, if I would have done two years in the question and went somewhere that doesn't have a comparable degree. And so we're really happy about that because for me, like, it's one thing I can have in the bank, you know, is, 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 is I don't know how long I'll play basketball. I know that if I graduate from here, I'll always have my degree. Tell the listeners a little bit about your background in Northwestern. I know you injured your shoulder, I believe, Rapolis, in 2016, 2017. You made your way back. And then, unfortunately, you re-injured your shoulder. Just tell the Colgate listeners a little bit about that and the road to recovery and just the hardships you faced in Northwestern. I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it is not only to have the one injury, but then to re-injure yourself. Yeah, it was, it was definitely frustrating. Um, I definitely learned a lot throughout that process. I uh, I came in uh, before my freshman year in Northwestern. I, I had torn my shoulder in a in the pickup game with some other college kids. That was pretty painful. As, as, as stubborn as I was, I uh, continued to play on it up until October, wanting to, to prove myself and just to, 
to try to see the floor. I was really excited to play college basketball, but my shoulder kept kept on separating about like every other day. I kind of decided that uh, I needed to get it fixed, and once I did, it was it was about a five five month process of of it, you know, being at home, letting it rest, and then doing rehab every day for the next I don't know up, up until I retore it again. Uh, I was doing rehab almost every day. It was frustrating, but I definitely learned a lot. Um, I learned how to be, uh, definitely be a better teammate because that's the one thing I could control as well as um, just learning different parts of the game by just by watching. I think that it was definitely a lot of value to it, um, as, as bad as it sounded. And then um, in July, I then uh, had another pickup game with my teammates in our question. And, um, it was actually interesting. I we wanted to go home because we'd finished, but I kind of begged the guys to stay one more game and play because I, I really wanted to play. And uh, I convinced like I convinced the guys to to stay and play. And then that game, I think the second or third play, I think it was like we needed like one or two more baskets to win the game. And then I I dove out of bounds and saved the ball. And then I uh, stuck my my left arm out. There's a wet spot on the floor. And just I'm just completely slipped out of the socket. Uh, that was that was really tough. Um, especially there was there was no one to put it back in, so I kind of had to wait until a, a doctor came and they put it back in. And then that was definitely hard. Um, especially I, I was stubborn again, and I that was in July, and I I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not doing surgery again. I I need to I need to play this year, and um, my shoulder dislocated three more times. Um, up until basically the last time, I think in in early November, and then I decided to get surgery in December um, and miss the rest of the season. Uh, so yeah, actually Sunday was a year since I've gotten that sur- this uh, that surgery. Yeah, it, it's definitely been a struggle, and the injuries and, and other factors definitely made me um, made me transfer, but. I think in itself, like all, all these things, as bad as it, as bad as it may seem, it all works out for good. Um, like I'm here now, and I'm, I'm extremely happy playing with these guys, with these coaches, and with these with these players. And I, I couldn't ask for a better team right now. So I think, as bad as those injuries sounded, it, it all worked out. And with those tough luck injuries, Rap, have you uh, self-imposed a ban on yourself from ever playing in a pickup game ever again? No, I definitely I, nothing's gonna stop me from playing pickup games, but I might be a little more hesitant uh, begging guys to play another one. Do you think about the shoulder at all now when you go out on the court? Is it in your thought process, or it's completely out of your mind? This summer, I definitely did because this summer was the first time I was scrimmaging kind of healthy, and I kind of refrained from using my my left hand um, on layups and, and driving left, and it was definitely a mental barrier. Because the surgery they did was much more invasive, it really tied it up tight, and it was definitely mental barrier to get over. And I had my 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 club coach I work out over the summer. He made me shoot everything left. So you got to use your left hand again. You got to trust it. And by doing that, I'm, now I, I really don't even about using my left hand for things. I really don't even think about it anymore. I'll, I'll still dive on the floor, and I trust my shoulder will 
will do its job. It seemed like it was the very last second, Rapolis. It wasn't that dramatic, but pretty darn close. What was your reaction when you found out you were eligible to play this season and you were able to suit up for the team's first game against NJIT? It was one of the, one of the best moments in my life, 100%. They told me I was going to find out like two, three hours before the game. Yeah, they told me I was going to find out a couple hours before the game, so I was just sitting in the hotel. I didn't even think I was, I was going on the trip because, I don't know, with some compliance issues or whatever. And and I was just kind of sitting in the hotel, just waiting for something to hopefully happen. I just got a call from clients, and she, she just tells me you're playing tonight. And it was unreal because, I mean, it, it was just unreal. I, I, I've been always restricted to play, and, and now I finally had the opportunity. And as I hump the phone, my, my roommate just jumped. You know, I told him, you gave him a big hug, and, I called my parents and um, I called my parents and you know, my my dad is such a reserved guy. Was just like yelling in the house and my mom. She started crying. It was it was just a, a great great feeling. And as I went downstairs, we had a team meeting. I was hugging all the guys and the coaches. It was it was it was such a great experience um, to be able to to have that this opportunity to play. I don't detect any accent at all, Rapolis. So, how long did you live in Lithuania? Yeah, thankfully I don't have an accent. Uh, yeah, I was I was only about three when I came came over. Um, my dad went to went to school here. He went to UNFO and he played basketball there. And um, so I was I was two or three years old. Um, I've come back a couple times, but yeah, I was really really young. But I was I was raised. Very Lithuanian. I, mean, I I still don't speak English when I go home. It's all just strictly Lithuanian and Lithuanian food too. Did your dad try to convince you to become a river hawk at UMass Lowell, or you never had that conversation with him? No, no. Especially out of uh, out of high school, no. He you wanted me to go where I wanted to go. There was, there was no, didn't want to go there. How many places did you live? Did you go straight from Lithuania to Illinois, or were there a lot of places in between? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of places in between. I mean, um, from Lithuania, moved to, yeah, to just outside Boston, from Boston to to Chicago, because my aunt lived here. Everyone else was back in Lithuania. We we, we moved. I mean, I, I went to different schools. I went to like a different elementary school, different middle school different high school, transfer high schools, now college and then transfer college again. But I moved like, like three or four times in uh, in Chicago, either living with my aunt or living, my grandparents lived with us a couple of times. And it was just a, a house full of, house full of Lithuanians. So. How did Brewster Academy in New Hampshire help prep you for being a Division One student athlete? Brewster definitely helped me. Um, Brewster is an incredible program with with Coach Smith, and I think the biggest thing for me was I went from a team of of being of of having me and one other kid be Division One players to a team that um, I think almost everyone was a Division One player um, and high Division One players. I mean, even just playing pickup every day with the guys or playing one on one with guys after practice, the guys, you know, I. had my roommate was was going to Syracuse, and we played we played every day. Um, so it definitely helped my individual game and just helped me develop. And it was kind of an environment where if you didn't develop, you wouldn't see the floor all that much. 
So it, it definitely helped me. And Coach Smith just created this culture of, of just of just working hard and working working instead of like in a high school manner, just more like college esque workouts. Why history is your major? I loved history as a kid. I mean I, I would go to the library and get like biographies and different historical figures and watch the history channel all the time and it's just something that kind of came to me and I, I really love doing. Otherwise, I mean, I, I thought about doing communications and um, international business as well. I speak some languages and that would help. But I, I, just with history, I think it was something that was that came easy to me and something I really enjoyed doing. Rapless, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much and best of luck this Saturday against Marist. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. That's Colgate men's basketball star Rapless Ivanowskis on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Turning our attention on the Colgate Raider Report podcast from the hardwood to the ice. This is Eric Malinowski. Glad to be talking to Colgate women's hockey coach Greg Fargo. Coach, the women's hockey team currently on a four-game win streak. What's the driving force behind this recent success, Coach? Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. We've been uh, playing really well here lately, as uh, as you can imagine. I think, you know, things are really starting together. We're, we're starting to come together. It's, um, you know, we wanted to get off to a good start this year. Um, and and we, we were up and down a little bit, I think, you know, partially due to the fact that, uh, you know, we have eight new faces in our lineup this year. And um, every year there's turnover, but, but this year in particular, uh, a lot of new faces that are playing big roles for us. And it's just taken a little bit of time for everybody to settle into, uh, you know, their new roles, both the new players and, and the re- some of the returning players that are, you know, playing some, some really important minutes for us. And so I think finally we're, uh, you know, everyone's starting to settle in and, uh, and, and understand, you know, how, how hard you have to compete every night in college hockey and, you know, there's just just a better understanding overall of everything that we're doing. So, you know, I, I think the results are, are speaking for themselves. But I think we've been playing really well for a while. Looking back at uh, even the 6 nothing loss, as funny as that sounds, to Princeton, you know, we played a good game that night and, and bounced it didn't go our way. But uh, we've been able to stick with it through some of those ups and downs and, and tough results. And ultimately, you know, if, if you keep doing the right things, you get the results and and that's certainly been the case for us uh, to this point. Yeah, Colgate 7-5-2 and two going into the Clarkson-St. Lawrence weekend, Coach, a matchup with two top 10 teams at the time. How big were those two wins for the team's confidence? Yeah, they were big. I mean, you know, especially, you know, playing Clarkson for the first time since, you know, the national final, um, you know, less than a year ago. A lot of residue there for us in terms of our feelings going into it, and it was a game that we've, you know, had in the back of our minds for a long time. And, you know, I think when you play really good teams, that tends to bring out the best in you. And that was the case, you know, and that, uh, on that weekend, a couple of weekends ago, we played those two teams. I think we had played, you know, the best hockey that we played up until this point. And, and that's the goal every night is you just want to continue to, you know, to push the limit and get better every week and, and, you know, come game time, perform at the highest level you can. And again, everyone was motivated and, and we played our best hockey that weekend. And, uh, you know, the, the results followed. So it was a nice, uh, nice four point weekend for us. Obviously, every point in the league is important, but uh, to take points off uh, two teams that had been, 
you know, ahead of us in the standings. It, it, it feels good as we continue to move forward through, uh, you know, the, this long stretch of ECAC games that are coming up. Taking Colgate to unprecedented heights a year ago, Coach, going to the national championship game, what is the aftermath like, Coach, of competing for a national title? With all the extra national and local exposure, how did it impact the offseason? Did it affect the team's mindset going into this season? And how did you guys handle it as a coaching staff? I mean, it's one game, but it was the national championship. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, I think we felt, uh, you know, residue from, from that game, uh, you know, and, and just about every aspect of our program, to be honest, Eric. I mean, from recruiting and and just getting recognized, I guess, on that level with recruits. I mean, uh, Colgate's always been a, you know, a great school with a beautiful campus. And, you know, for women's hockey players now, young girls growing up, it, it's becoming more of a destination for, for those players, especially when you play and maybe the you know the biggest stage in, in college hockey for sure, but uh, in women's hockey, I, I think we're feeling it on on the recruiting front for sure in a positive way. But additionally, I think you know for for everybody in the program, you know now that you've been there once, I think a lot of people both in and out of our program feel as though expectations come with it and uh, for the future. So uh, we've been we've been working our way through that. I think. Uh, we certainly have high expectations for ourselves, but with the process in which we go about trying to be be the best team that we can be, uh, it really doesn't change. And quite frankly, as much as we love the recognition, uh, the expectations from people outside of our, our program, when you dwindle it down, they really don't mean anything in terms of uh, you know what the product looks like on the ice. Uh, we say it all the time, like the the outcome of, of the games that we play, you know, the outcome doesn't uh, doesn't care what other people think. They don't care how we feel. So uh, at the end of the day, it's about how we how we perform and, and how we prepare. And so as far as our process goes of, of trying to be the best program we can, I don't think we've changed a whole lot. It's just for all, all good things, but it's put us, you know, at a different level in terms of maybe the pecking order of uh, women's hockey programs at the Division One level. Who are the captains of the 2018-2019 Colgate women's hockey squad, Coach? Yeah, we have uh, we have three captains this year. Uh, Jesse Eldridge, uh, Shay Labby, and Livia Altman are uh, three seniors, you know, three players that have been really impactful both on and off the ice for our program, and uh, their teammates chose them to be, uh, be our captains for the season, so... Really excited to have such a strong leadership group there, and uh, they've been doing a tremendous job to this point, and, and certainly we'll continue to do that in the second half of the year. Sports Info Director John Painter just released a story on GoColgateRaiders.com website. The Colgate Athletics graduation success rate, again, among nation's elite. How rewarding is it, Coach, to be part of an institution like this that can have teams compete on the national stage like women's hockey, men's soccer, and football, among others, and still excel in the classroom? I think that's one of the great things about being a student athlete at Colgate is you know you're going to an institution academically that's going to push you and in coming out of that four years you're going to have incredible opportunities to do anything that you want to do with your Colgate degree so knowing that going in is is a big reason why people choose Colgate in the first place and and then on top of that for many programs to be able to compete at the very highest level in division one athletics 
combine that with an academic experience that's that's top notch. Uh, it makes for a destination for a lot of athletes, and I think. When you're in an environment every day, when the best students and the best athletes want to come and they want to chip away at, at reaching their goals both on and off the ice or, or on and off the field, you know, it, it's a great culture here where people can really um, take a deep dive into their own development and, um, and growth. And uh, it, it really just makes for a special place. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but... Uh, you know, it's it's a place that uh, honestly, when I when I walk around and meet athletes and, and talk to them, it's it's extremely motivating because you see people fulfilling and and going after their dreams every day. So you know, it's just a great place to be, and uh, um, it's certainly a place that strives for excellence in every way. What is the player's schedule like, Coach, for the next month until the Mercyhurst game? Yeah, great question. Well, we're uh, in a period now where, you know, exams are on the horizon uh, starting next week, and uh, we will practice a few times this week leading up to exams, and then, uh, you know, the players will uh, will do go through exam week and, and take a little bit of break. So after Friday of uh, this week, we'll have some downtime as far as hockey goes, and the focus becomes uh, exam time. And so beyond that, you know, the, the, the players will, uh, will will all take off and go home for a few days and, and then back on uh, the 29th, I think, of December for practice. So, um, you know, we get a few days off. And, and I think this time of year it's, it's always good to be able to step away and recharge both uh, mentally and physically and, and just kind of gain some perspective on the work that's been done and kind of reset your uh, your compass a little bit as far as, you know, the, the push to the playoffs and the push to postseason that's coming up here quickly because once, once we get going again in January, uh, there's no turning back and, and certainly we're going to want to be playing our best hockey, you know, at the most important time of the year. And so all of our energy and focus will be going into those things. Yeah, and what about the head coach's schedule and the assistant coach's schedule? Yeah. Obviously no finals for you guys, so what's your schedule like? Some recruiting coach? Yeah, we're. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, yeah, the, uh, there's no exams for us, uh, thank goodness on that, uh, but uh, we're all over the country, all over North America. I'm actually in the, sitting in the airport in Minneapolis right now, heading to Toronto tonight to watch a game, and then uh, we got a couple trips up to uh, the greater Toronto area over the next couple weeks to see some games. And, and likewise, for, for both of our assistant coaches that are able to get on the road and recruit, they're going to be uh, uh, in different places at different times leading up to the holidays. And, you know, thankfully, we'll, get, we'll all get a few days to to unwind and relax as well just like players a fresh coach is a good coach and to be able to uh, to kick back and relax for the holidays enjoy our families will be a you know a really welcomed time i'm talking to greg fargo on the colgate raider report podcast how helpful is it to have continuity on the coaching staff i know you have the same two top assistants so that has to be great news for you and the players coach yeah it is um you know, we're now, you know, with Sophie and Stefan uh, on staff, I think we're, we're working together for, this is our fourth year together and hopefully many more, but we have an incredible coaching staff. I think uh, to be able to work with two people for, for as long as we have, you know, I think at this point in our, uh, in our, you know, relationship, we, we all understand each other really well. We complement one another and, and get understand. We each have uh 
strengths and weaknesses that we can uh, we can play off of. And so I think there's just a lot of comfortability amongst our staff, and, uh, and we all kind of know that we have important roles and yet allow each other to do what we do best. So um, it's been incredible. I think whether it's recruiting or, or player development or just managing the everyday inner workings of the program, I think there's a lot of trust. There's a lot of accountability on your staff. And, um, and yet it's fun because uh, both Stefan and Soph, uh, you know, I, I think what's great is that we're all, you know, we had a great year last year, but we're extremely motivated to continue the success of the program. And, and a big part of that is just coming to work every day and, uh, you know, pushing to get better. And, and our program, you know, has been really centered around growth. Uh, and, and that reigns true with our staff. We've got two extremely committed assistant coaches that want to continue to grow and get better as well. And I think it's easy to see that that trickles down through our players and, and is intertwined in, in everything that our program does. While the top two assistants are the same, one new addition to the coaching staff, but not new to Colgate hockey, Ashlyn Rando, a volunteer assistant coach. How is she doing? Ashlyn's been a, a, a really uh, welcomed addition to our staff. I think, you know, we're really fortunate to, to have Ashlyn here with us this year. She's done a tremendous job. Um, having coached, you know, at the uh, at the prep level or the, or the, uh, the club level prior to this year. She's not foreign to uh, the coaching world by any means, but um, but this was a, another step in the right direction for her in her career. And so, um, you know, she's been incredible just working with our goalies in particular and, and helping out with our, our penalty kill. You know, she's been able to take a, a real dive into those aspects of uh of our program and our team's game. And, um, and, and we're seeing benefits of that. I think, you know, for example, I mean, Julia Van Dyke, her goalie is, is playing some of her best hockey right now that she's played. And, and uh, that, that's in large part to the, the, the relationship and the attention that she's getting from Ashland. So incredibly excited to have her back in, in a different role. Uh, but she also offers such a great perspective. Ashland does with, you know, having been a player and, and, you know, being a Colgate alum, um, there's so many things that our players go through off the ice that, that Ashlyn can uh, relate to because she's done them herself. So um, incredible asset uh, and an important part of our staff as well, as you mentioned. Were you the director or did you have any input at all in the Colgate women's hockey slash uh, football video there, Coach? Oh, no. You know what? Uh, I had no I had no input on that whatsoever. We... Uh, um, it, it was funny you mentioned that because I was I was looking out the window when they were shooting it, and uh, I was at the Class 65 Arena looking out on the football field, and and thought to myself, man, those look those look like our practice jerseys out there in the football field. Oh wait, those are our practice. Those look like hockey pants on on those players out there. Oh, those are hockey pants, and uh, <laughs> and so I had a few questions about about where where the uh, the gear came from. But once we found out what they were doing, it was welcomed. And um, you know, our, our players are we have some great kids in our program and uh, really creative kids. And and obviously they you know they think very highly of uh, all the sports here. But you know, especially when uh, a team like football has done so well. Um, a program that's thriving, it's it's easy to get behind. And so, uh, you know, great to see the girls working, uh, you know, to just give them a little bit of encouragement uh, as they got ready for a big game. 
Coach, absolutely great to have you on the podcast for the first time. Great stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the little time off that you do have. I know you're going to be on the road and busy, but uh, enjoy the holidays, Coach, and I'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great, Eric. Thanks again for having me, and uh, have a great holiday. That's Colgate women's hockey coach Greg Fargo. You are listening to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Very glad to be talking to one of the stars of the Colgate women's hockey team, Jesse Eldridge. And Jesse, you were recently named the ECAC Hockey Player of the Week. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, no, honestly, um, don't really pay much attention to that stuff. It's honestly a lot of our conference is very competitive, but um, really just happy to get two wins this past weekend, and that's kind of what's most important for me. Yeah, and how do you feel your team is playing right now, Jesse? Uh, awesome. Um, it's been a really great first half of the season. We had a lot of newcomers come in, and we spent a couple of months trying to get to know each other on and off the ice, and I feel like kind of connecting more and more each time we get out on the ice, whether it's practice or games, and it's kind of coming to life each game that we've had. And Looking for a nice break, but also excited to get back at it. And I would assume it's a special time right now, considering you have 13 goals and Colgate, of course, known for the number 13. So I would assume it's good timing that you get to sit with these 13 goals for a little bit since your next game isn't until January. There you have a full month. We love that number, so no complaints there. Jesse, you're closing in on Sam Hunt's program record in Division One for points. Now, I know... It's all about the team. It's all about the wins, but this would be a momentous record to break. Is it something you think about at all? Uh, To be honest, not at all. Um, I think that it's been quite a remarkable journey kind of looking up. I'm in the rink right now. We see our two banners that our team was at to put up um, last year, which for me is kind of remarkable that we'll have that hanging every time we get back. And I don't know. I think that records along the way – Don't put too much thought in it. Obviously, it's nice to kind of be able to have an impact on the team and have that throughout the four years. But like I said, at the end of the day, um, it's kind of remarkable what our team as a whole has been able to do and those records that we've been able to break. Have things changed now that you guys went to the national title game? Is Colgate viewed differently? What kind of an impact has that had? I know a lot more national exposure, a lot more local attention. So has there been a significant change since you guys went to the national title game? Um, I think that definitely helped. Um, I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that's gotten to that point where there was a opening of a brand new rink and the amazing facility we have here to kind of the work that our entire coaching staff, specifically Coach Fargo, has done uh, to turn the program around and kind of put Colgate on the hockey map. Um, And I think that the national championship game was just another step in helping with that and kind of getting the recognition that Colgate hockey has worked so hard to get and it's very well deserved. What's it like being a captain, Jesse? Is this something you had to work at, or is this something that came natural to you? Um, I think the team and the group that we have, um, they make it very easy. Um, And the culture that's kind of in the room that our coaches have worked, like I said, to build. um, And kind of we work every day to keep that culture. Um, Everyone expects most out of each other. And... And like I said, that makes me and I know our two other captains, Shay and Livia, um, 
our jobs are pretty easy with the dedicated teammates that we have coming to the rink every day. Are sure-handed goals more satisfying than regular ones, or they're all <laughs> the uh, same equality? Uh, no, I don't. Like, yeah, it's a good question. I think they're all the same quality. They definitely feel a little bit better, make the other team feel a little worse about themselves. But any goal and any game is definitely a nice feeling. I know there's not much downtime for a student athlete at Colgate, Jesse, but saying that, what's your schedule like now until the next game on January 5th? Uh, this is the last week of classes, so kind of final assignments, um, tests coming up this week. And then next week is our one week of finals. Then we're off, we practice all week, and then we're done until we'll all report back December 9th in the evening. Um, so it'll be nice to kind of, everyone's going home, visiting with their families, recharge, um, and we'll enjoy that time. But like I said, we're really liking we were we're heading into the break, and we're really excited to get back and get back at it. And tell the listeners where in Ontario you are from, Jesse, and what do you love about your hometown? I'm from Barrie, Ontario, which is an hour north of Toronto. Um, it's a city that keeps growing each year. Um, I don't. I, that's where I've grown up my whole life. Have all my family and my friends in that town. It's a great hockey town. Um, played all my minor hockey there. Um, that's, I mean, that's just my, that's home to me. Um, I love going back to visit, visit family and friends, and I'm looking forward to doing that next week. Is it a safe assumption then, Jesse, to say you're a Maple Leafs fan? Absolutely. I saw you in the stands of a Colgate women's basketball game the other day. I think Ben Hunt and TJ Hall also there. And I've talked to TJ about this before, as I don't think TJ's ever missed any game, but I talked to him why it's important for him to be there at other Colgate sporting events. So mm-hmm. why do you go Jesse why is it important for you to show your support to other student athletes for sure I think what makes Colgate so special is that it's such a small school um, and you get to know all the other athletes that play and compete for Colgate and I think we know each other like what it takes to be a student athlete here and how much of a grind and the demands that are on us and we have a lot of respect for each other and I think um, it's the case for all sports here at any time we can get out to whether I'm physically at the game or following online or watching online, um, just to show support in the same way that our team gets it from everyone else. But I think, like I said, what makes this place so special is that kind of one team and family feeling. And you now know firsthand what it's like to be a football player at Colgate. How did it feel to put on that eye black, Jesse, for that video? No, we had a lot of fun with that, and I hope they enjoyed it. Um, like That's just another example of it. Um, we were rooting for them and they had an amazing season, but we definitely enjoyed our time out on the field for the little bit of filming we were able to do. And Jesse, I know you're concentrated on the season right now and having the best possible finish for your Colgate women's hockey career, but before you know it, you'll be graduating. Any future plans set in stone or still a work in progress? Uh, It's a work in progress. Um, I would love to keep playing. I know there's more options now for female hockey players to continue their hockey um, careers after college. So I've been kind of looking into that. Like I, like you mentioned, don't want to rush the season away, kind of soak up every second of the day. But it is definitely something that's in the back of my mind, and we'll see. I'm kind of excited to see where the future holds.
Jesse, it was absolutely great talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Enjoy the break, and then best of luck when you guys resume playing against Mercyhurst on January 5th. Thank you very much. It means a lot. That is Jesse Eldridge, one of the stars of the Colgate women's hockey team, and that will do it. A special thanks to all my guests for this Colgate Raider Report podcast.